on this week's episode of Peak Too Early. The guys break down this week's running news. They talk to Bowerman Track Club's Sinclair Johnson, and they break down their favorite running anthems. Let's get into it. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm good. I feel like I'm seeing the world a little bit more clearly this week. Uh, You know, I had a, a lapse in judgment, but I feel like I'm back on track here. I quit Strava. I, you know, I managed to do four days, four runs, and I just can't do it. I can't deal with the extra step after my run. When I'm done my run, I want it to be over. I don't have to go in. Putting in a caption always stresses me out because it's like I kind of want to be funny to make it look like I'm not taking this too seriously, but then I don't want to come off like a, a, a nerd, you know, making all these like weird captions. So it was just stressing me out. So I'm done with it. I'm done with Strava. Was my first Strava post of – 2021 today so i'll pick up where you left off and as always at the house of sav we got trent fontanella trent how you doing bud uh, mike just made my day good for you mikey i'm proud of you get off the strava we don't need that unless we're getting all together for some community event for the peak to early races and that sort of thing boys i'm good though i just got back from a haircut and nobody complimented on it by the way just just so everybody knows no no compliments um but the guy without without even asking he just goes in and he's like, sit down um, with the with the little like hose behind you. And he washed my hair, which is that something you guys ever get? I've never had them go in and just, just wash. When I was a little kid, my mom used to get the little blonde tips for me. You know, little blonde tips up top. Like you would have front, those. Stick it up. You would have those. So that required like a little washing beforehand. But I haven't had like a wash like that. So is that, is that was that crazy or have I just been going to the wrong place? I think that's like a fancy barber type thing. It's like a salon type deal. I go to a barber. I go to a a barber where you walk in, they offer you a beer, you sit down, they got the compressed air to blow the hair off you. That's, that's the barber I go to. Yeah. My my barber, uh, my barber talks to his, his girlfriend's whisper sweet, nothing in his girlfriend's ears in Spanish, like on his cell phone the entire time he cuts my hair. Oh, you do? Come on. You can't go to that guy. No, he's a, no, Steve, it's the best situation because he, you know, he gets the deal, right? Me and him come up. He daps me up. He's this awesome Puerto Rican dude. And then he pops in his earbuds, talks to his girlfriend, and I don't have to sit there and have like awkward barber conversations. I can just sit there, enjoy myself. And he, you know, I get to hear him like, and every once in a while he'll mute his phone and like talk smack about his girlfriend and then go right back to like, you know, it's whispering I, sweet nothings. It's, 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 it's that's not a good setup. Mike, you nah, want it's the a best. relationship. You want your bartenders like your, you want your, you want your barbers like your bartenders. That's like, that's the, like the one person in the world that you can talk. That's like, yep. it's like your therapy. You go in there and, and whatever you say in the barber's chair stays in the barber's chair. Yeah. But see, I feel like me and him have like this mutual thing, right? Like he, he's my boy. I'm his boy. He, like we, we have this, this, quiet understanding and i feel like you know he would like punch somebody out for me if i asked him to but you know we don't need to like get into like deep our life stuff we just we have each other's back that's all 
me and my barber, we break down all the UFC fights coming up that week and <laughs> oh, he gives me like all it. the gambling advice that's why so, I like it. it gives you hot tips. yeah yeah we talk we talk we talk ufc gambling it's like once a month i go in there we talk ufc gambling for like 40 minutes he cuts my hair it's a great relationship i look forward to it you know once every five weeks i'm actually in like a tough spot right now so the reason i'm going to new barbers is because i used to always go back to pelham my boy classy edge barbershop pelham the hamper shout out not an advertising not a sponsor but but they deserve a shout out Best barber ever. Love it. You go back to the Pelham. Since I live in the city now, I go back. I get to hear about all of like the happenings in the hometown. It's great. But now I'm in the spot now where I'm trying to find like a new barber. So I'm trying out different places. Um, but I got to say, the nice, the nice wash beforehand. I mean, I might have found my new guy, Carlos, here. Buckets, Crown Barbershop, Nashville, New Hampshire. My guy. So I think he follows us on Instagram, too, so... We all, can, just plug, you, we, all just, we all just plug in our barber now. Louis yeah, Barber yeah. Shop, Old Saybrook. <laughs> uh, so, so we had a weekend. The three of us we got did. together on, on Sunday. We, uh, we got together to watch some football, but more importantly, record some YouTube content, which we're, you, you may have saw a teaser to on the Instagram, but that should be coming out soon. But yeah, we had, a, we had quite the weekend, didn't we, guys? It, it was a it was a nice little weekend it was it was quick short-lived but uh it took us like what felt like 12 hours to to film one youtube video but i think it's gonna be worth it i think it came out well and then afterwards we uh you know indulged in a few middle lights a little bit of whiskey some sake towards the end of the night i mean it was uh we had ourselves a you know all day the wife went away and the boys came to play yeah. after, after a long day of work. A lot of hard work went into it. Was, that. It was a long day of work. Don't, don't, don't joke about it. Like, we can joke about it. Like, we put in work on Sunday. Like, putting that video together was tough. I will say, I got, I'm going to give credit to anybody that has to read off a teleprompter. That's, like, the hardest thing in the world to do is read off a teleprompter. I don't know how people do it. Steve, I was mentally and physically exhausted by the end of that day. We had, we had what we thought was our last take, and I, like, collapsed to the ground and was just so excited to be done, and then we realized that we screwed up the video and had to do one more take. So it, it, was, it was mentally exhausting. I mean, we started, we started recording at, like, noon, and we finished at, like, 5.30, 6 o'clock. Yeah, it was like the third quarter of the the Packers game by the time we finished. I would thought for sure we would have plenty of time to like finish up and get ready for the Packers game. And the game was almost over by the time we, we were done recording. People- and this will this will hopefully be like a twenty to thirty minute YouTube video. So like I have such a deep appreciation for this stuff now. I was just about to say, people are expecting a full-length movie from Peak Too Early. Peak Too Early presents, you know, a two-and-a-half-hour Hollywood <laughs> epic. But really, yeah, it's a short video on YouTube. I don't even think it will be just us talking the whole time. There's going to be other stuff coming in there. Um, Shout-out to the video guy who puts it all together from from the stuff that we sent him. But, yeah, it was uh, it gave you, like like Steve said, a newfound appreciation for for being on camera, uh, reading off telephone. Maybe we should just memorize the whole thing. Maybe that's the lesson for next time. Yeah. Yeah, or at least people are prepared. But I will say, when this thing comes out, everybody listening to it better friggin' watch it because we put a lot it, of work yeah. into this. We put a lot of work into this video, and, and it's oh, our man. first one, so it might not be the best one we ever do. But you better watch it, anyways. Yeah, and it will be cool. We got it. We got a nice awesome. partnership. It's it's gonna be it's gonna we've got an interesting story that we're covering. It's gonna be good. Um, Mike, before we kick off the running news, we gotta talk a little bit about the Irish Clover 
road race, virtual road race coming up. Hell yeah, so we, uh, we, we talked about it in the past couple episodes. And for those of you that don't know, um, you can sign up. Uh, you can go to p2early.com or you can go to our Instagram. The link's in the bio. So you can go to either one of those places to sign up really easily. If you go to p2early.com, there's a banner right at the top of the website that says sign up for the Irish Clover virtual five miler. So saying it on every episode, make sure we want to kind of repeat this. If you sign up, if you're a peak too early listener, and if you sign up, you're going to be entered or you can be entered into like a DraftKings style pick em pool. And so I just want to clarify this a little because I'm getting some questions about what we're doing. So everybody that enters, all the peak too early listeners that enter this race, you send me a screenshot of your registration, DM it to us or email it to us, and we'll put you in the pool. And so what we're going to do is we're essentially going to rank everybody that signs up and we're going to sign like a dollar value to each person in the ranking. And you're going to essentially put together a team. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll do it live. We'll do it on zoom. So everybody, we're going to get together the week of the race and you can kind of pick your team. And then afterwards we'll do a zoom after party where we'll all get on. I'll read off the, you know, the, the finishing places, you know, the, whoever's the, the, you know, top finishing team. It's going to be a good time. The uh, the virtual races that we've had have kind of been one of the highlights of the entire you know year with everything being shut down. Um, and so to get to get a race on the calendar, um, you know I'm going to be training for it real hard and for like three days leading up to it once once I'm healed up from my from my recent injury. But uh, to get that on the calendar and then have something to look forward to as like an event where we can just start gambling, you know, with, with other people that listen to peak too early, or we can start doing a zoom after party and get just like the, the entire crew together from across the country, from across the world, knowing our, our dedicated fans and other continents that we even have. Uh, this is, this is something that everybody should have on their calendar, you know, big circle, you know, cross out the whole day so you can be around for the race during the day and the party in the evening. It's going to be a good time. What I'm not looking forward to is finding out what my like draft ranking is. I don't want to know what my dollar value is right now. That that'll be you know not good for the ego. So on that, Mike. So part of the draft, the the DraftKings style pick'em, is that you're going to have to pick yourself. Like you're automatically, you're automatically on right. your team. So you know if you're like I said, if you're in Mike's case where you're not in great shape then that could be a bad thing. But the good news is the lower you are in the ranking, the less money you yourself cost and the more money you have to spend on the big names in the pool. So if you're low and you have a low dollar amount, you have a ton of money to spend on the best runners. If you're one of the best runners, a huge chunk is taken out of your bank and you don't have as much money to spend on, on your other two teammates. So, you know, being slower or having low, slower PRs is going to almost be an advantage for you in the pickup. So the, the brain is, uh, the wheels are spinning right now, trying to figure out ideal strategy for someone like Michael. Now is Mike's dollar you know, amount assigned like right now, or is it assigned based on the two months from now until the race? Right? So can Mike sandbag it and just not train and get his dollar amount lower or is it set in stone if he sandbags it, that's just going to screw him for race? Or, give me credit here, or train my ass off for, for two months and get my dollar amount higher. You know that's not I mean? going to happen. So, I mean, <laughs> like, like we've said in previous episodes, we're going to go based off of the virtual races we run. So we have, for I think for the, the core 
people that are going to sign up for this. We have a database to go from to assign your ranking. If you haven't run any of the virtual races, we're going to ask that you submit PRs. We just had somebody sign up the other day. He sent me his, his, his 10 K PR of the past year, his half marathon PR. He essentially sent me all the races he's run in the past year. Boom. I, I know exactly like how we can rank this guy and everything. So, you know, I'll, I'll be proactive and reaching out and communicating, communicating with everybody to, that signs up to figure out exactly where they are in their training right now. And we'll be able to put together And listen, the more accurate we are with this, the more fun we're going to have, like, this is honor system. Like, you know, we're, you know, we're, this is all about, you know, having fun and, and being able to toss a couple bucks around and have a good time. And I will, and, and while, if you sign up for the race, it's a free entry into this pick em pool we will throw out a cash prize for the person that wins the pick and pool. So, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be worth your while. Let's just put it that way. And then speaking of prizes, in addition to that, we got big news. So we, we have an official new sponsor for the podcast. They're going to be started starting next month, but they are going to be sponsoring some unique one of a kind prizes for the male and female first, second, third place finisher. So it's going to be a really cool prize. We'll announce it. Let's see. What What's today's date? January 19th. 19th. This will well, drop on the 20th. This will drop on the 20th. So I think we got two more episodes before we officially announce who the sponsor is. So we had a sponsor that's going to be putting together, like I said, some one-of-a-kind prizes for the podium places in the virtual race. And in addition to that, if you're in the area on – on March 13th, we are going to be pulling together a group of, let's say, 40 to 60 people to run the five miles together at Owen and Ollie's. So if you're in Massachusetts, if you're in the area, if you can come to Owen and Ollie's, join us. And I will say for the people that are there that day, we're going to have some prizes for, just for the people that are there. I think I might even throw, you know, just a, a crisp $100 bill for the first male and female that crossed the finish line the day at Owen and Ollie's. How about that, boys? We have prizes for the overall winners. We have prizes for the, the live in-person winners. And we have prizes for the best gamblers. So if you can't run, but you can gamble, you're going to get a prize there. I mean, everybody's winning the prize. Peak too early is making it worth your while, right? Like, we're embracing the competition. We're, we're, we're embracing a little bit of the gambling pick. I'm like, this is, like, we're here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. Well, and if, that's, if you win none of those things, you're just a loser all around, come find me. And I'll buy you a Miller Lite. Look at that. That's right. We're That's all right. winners. And, and if you sign up, you get a medal, you get a t-shirt, you get a cool swag pack. Everybody's, and you get to have a good time. You get, you get a fun race to, to participate in. And uh, yeah, you're supporting the greatest running podcast in the world by, by signing up. So, you know, that alone should be enough. All right, enough business, Steve. Let's do this. All right, Mike, let's kick off the running news. All right, so I feel like every time I say this, it ends up being like the longest news segments we ever had. But I, I only have two quick news stories to talk about this week. So we'll start off with the first one. Uh, this isn't really usually our area of expertise, I would say, and that uh, we don't talk high school runners. However, this is kind of an, an odd case here because my guy, 16-year-old, I'm going to completely mess up his name, Arion Knighton, just went pro at the age of 16 with adidas so he just forego just forewent his uh high school eligibility as a sophomore in high school he uh lost his college eligibility in the future and is a pro so he's a stud right he's like a a 20 
uh, 0.33 200-meter runner. Uh, you know, how much does that mean to me and all of us other distance guys? I don't know. It's, it's super freaking fast. Um, so he's not like the first guy to ever get signed out of high school. But 16 years old is super, super young to get signed as a pro. So I thought it was, you know, an interesting topic. What do you guys think? I mean, how much money could you be making, right? Like, I th- I mean, did it have any contract details? I mean, to me, it doesn't really make much sense. I mean, you're that fast. I mean, you're going to be – you're going to have a shot at the Olympics. You're going to have a shot at a pro career after college. But why not? I mean, why not go to college, get a free education, you know, live the life of a college athlete? I mean, I can't imagine a track at- – like, I totally get it. If you're a basketball superstar and you have the you have the opportunity to make, like, you know, generational wealth, like life-changing wealth, like out of high school, I, I encourage you to do that. I push you to do that over going to college and potentially getting injured and ruining your career. But I don't understand, like, as a track athlete, how much money could you really be making, you know? I mean, I, I, I definitely don't think it's enough to – I mean, maybe it is. Maybe he's making more than, than, a, than a full ride to one of the best colleges in the, in the country. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, he, he's got to have – maybe it's a little bit of money, but he also has to have his eyes on the Olympics, right? There's no way he's not at least prepping for that. Um, he's got six, seven months, or I guess a little less than that, to whip himself into that kind of shape. you could still go to the Olympics. You could, that's my thing. Like, you could you, – it's not like being a college athlete stops you from going to the Olympics, right? Yeah, I mean, but being a high school athlete, like, if you're – I guess he, yeah, but you, you're, if you're going to train with a professional coach, you might as well. Yeah, you got, still you, got, as a professional coach. you got some gym teacher, you know, coaching you in, in high so, school, I guess. So then I, you don't think, you don't, I mean, you don't think there's a way to get this kid professional coaching? No, so, I'm sure there is, but you might as well get the, the paycheck for it, right? You might as well get all the perks of being on the team and doing the whole thing. But like, but then you lose out on all the other things that come along with being like a potential, you know, national champion, collegiate, uh, you know, track athlete. Yeah. So I, I agree with, with, with Trent in, in only the sense of, yes, I think you are definitely set up better to make an Olympic run if you go pro and have all the amenities a pro has. However, I, I think this, again, this is a completely uneducated and biased opinion, but listen, you're a sophomore in high school, dude, just be a stud for a little bit, right? Like you're in my, you're in Tampa high school right now just go and just be a complete superstar dominate everybody go go win every championship you possibly can then go get a full ride to a college and you know go compete at at that level for a little bit now if you want to you know get signed at a college something like that but so I, I will say you know the last guy i'm pretty sure noah lyles got signed at a high school he wasn't this young i think he was like 17 or 18 he got signed at a high school and obviously that worked out for him but i do think there's something to be said for the idea of going to college and competing at that level right obviously in high school right now this kid's not going to get the competition he needs but in college he would I mean it's not to say he he might not like be a national champion but he's still going to face you know the best competition at in in the country at that level and in his age group so get some experience there get better get faster raise some legitimate competition and then go pro like what is the rush like steve said it's not like he's he's not going to be cashing in like millions of dollars off of this deal go go get some experience racing and then cash that check 
when it when it comes in a few years from now. So to me, it's a wild decision, but I don't know all the ins and outs of the contract and all that garbage. I, I think I'd rather have our best athletes. So if you're that good, if you're if you're running that fast times, get you in like a pipeline. You know, get be pro, be surrounded by other professionals, get training like a professional, get the full thing. You know, it's like a, like a in soccer, right? In in Europe, they have all these academies. They're set up from young kids, basically. They get signed when they're you know 13 years old or whatever, and it's just like everything is is set up for them to have the best possible coaching and the best possible resources they have to you know propel them forward to be a professional. And running is like the sport where I think you need that more than anything else. Maybe less sprinting. Maybe this is more of like a distance mindset. But running is when like you know bad coaching can just like screw you up right how many people get burnt out or how many people have just doing stupid workouts when they're um from a coach who doesn't know what they're talking about so i don't maybe maybe you know this particular scenario i don't know like you said like i don't know the details of it but in general i don't think this is a bad trend to to take the top athletes and just get them surrounded in an environment that is you know a professional environment the literal professional environment is going to set them up to be successful it's the the whole like you know big fish, small pond, small fish, big, whatever you, that whole, that whole deal where you're, you're plucking this kid from a situation where he is just bar none, like the best athlete, you know, anybody he, he is associated with around, he's always the best athlete and you're automatically putting him on a stage where he's up against the best in the world. I don't know. To me, it's like a year or two of that collegiate stage where, you know, you can still be a big fish, but at least you are, I don't know, like ruining that development that those crucial years, I don't know, to me, it just seems crazy. But this kid is some like, six, three, 16 year old beast. So I don't know, maybe he's already already there. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> like I know what it we takes. We talked about a high school athlete too long. Hey, it's yeah. a professional. Well, that's, we can talk about. See, that, that's why I made the exception. Is if if he was just a you know high school athlete, and we're talking about he's a pro, so we we talk about pros. But anyways, let's get to the more important story here. So there was some uh, college races going on, some indoor racing going on this past week, and there were some really awesome performances. Some that. I think are worth talking about one in particular that's very worth talking about. So, you know, you had like, uh, for instance, you had the BYU guys, they ran a three K and our guy, Connor Mance ran like super fast. I think that is a a deep team showing. So some good stuff going on there for, for cross country. It looks like for the BYU guys, but more importantly than that, there was another three K ran and Tom Brady who goes to, you know, uh, Michigan, is a Michigan Wolverine, broke eight in the 3K. I mean, our guy, gentlemen, I knew, I knew, you know, he's the best football player in the world. He's the greatest of all time. But to throw on that Michigan Wolverine jersey one more time and to get it done, breaking eight in a 3K, I mean, unbelievable unbelievable does this surprise you though i mean i feel like tom brady could do anything that he set his mind to i mean he's going out there he's yeah he's breaking he's breaking the eight minutes in the 3k he's going out there he's winning divisional round championships going on to the to the nfc championship i mean i mean this guy could do anything you wanted to do and i'm just i'm just you know glad that he's finally given a little love to the sport of track and field he'd be like you know what I'll show up at a collegiate meet. I'll dominate the 3K. And then, you know, I'll go do the sport that I get paid for. 
but I don't want him to be so low key about it. So, so Tom Brady at Michigan, right? When you're, when you're running track meets, I want you wearing a Tom Brady like Jersey when you're warming up, that sort of thing. I want you like just going around preaching about how you're on the TB12 method. And that's how you've been set up to transition from football into being just a track superstar. Right. I want him carrying around a football, you know, when he's walking up to the starting line, like embrace that and just draw the attention to it because people are going to love that. People are going to eat that up. If you want to get a little attention to yourself, Mr. Tom Brady, you know, track athlete, just, just totally playing into it. It'd be the funnest story in the, sport no you're right in all seriousness right if you're like if you're a stud athlete in any sport and your name is tom brady and you're getting scholarship offers from you know all these schools around the country you better go to michigan right like you you gotta go to michigan right so so to bring clarity what's going on here i was scrolling through some results from this weekend and i saw that a sophomore kid from michigan whose name is actually Tom Brady, ran a, what was like a 758. So blazing fast 3K. And it was a huge breakout race for him. So you know, bring a little bit of attention to his name there. But what a ballsy move. I mean, I feel like we have to have him on. I want to talk to this guy. Yeah, he's my new favorite runner. He's he my is, new favorite runner. To, to be Tom Brady and to just fully embrace that and to, to make such a – it could be a coincidence. Maybe Michigan's just always the school he wanted to go to. Maybe he's the best ever. I don't know. But to me, that's just saying he completely embraced it and said, my name is Tom Brady, so I got to be a Michigan Wolverine. Just unbelievable. I love every second about it. I love everything about it. It's un- and Trent, to your point, like realistically, like this kid just has to embrace it to the fullest if he gets on the tb12 method and gets like on tom's radar tom will love the shit out of this right like he he could very easily get himself on tom brady's radar right now guys you want some breaking news i do tom brady follows us yeah i know i followed him today because i uh wanted to see if we could if we could get a word from him so i think he just followed us back yeah tom brady follows us we're gonna have him on the podcast huge news tom brady follows us i know (laughs) 3k I know this is such a wild story, but how could we not talk about this? I mean, it's, it's, it's just, any... I mean, it couldn't, there couldn't, it, there couldn't be a story that's more up our, like, up rally. This is what, this, I mean, our, our podcast was made on the backs of, of drinking Miller Lite, running track and field, and talking about Tom Brady. That's what this <laughs> podcast is all about. This encompasses all of it. It's, it's wild. All right, so that's the running news. So we are going to get into our interview with Sinclair Johnson. Sinclair, this is her second time on the podcast. So much has happened in her life since the last time we had her on. So she's a former uh, national champion, NCAA national champion in the 1500 meters. Since then, she, she left school early. She became pro. She then joined up with the Bowerman Track Club. It was a great conversation with, it, with, uh, with Sinclair. I really enjoyed talking to her. So uh, let's get into it. Oh, no worries. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Doing great. Good. It's been a long time since we last spoke. I know. It has. It's been like, what, over a year? It was like 2019 in the summer? Yeah. yeah. At least summer at least spring, year. I think. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think we'd have a podcast this long after that. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, we've, I think we've gotten a little bit better at this. 
So. Okay, cool. <laughs> I saw well, you guys well, had, what, you just posted your 96 episode, so. Yeah. I feel like you have to have it down by now, right? Yeah, well, I think so. Well, We're put still the pressure working on, on us. Still yeah, working come on. <laughs> to get, I was actually telling these guys to get ready for tonight. I actually went back and I was going to listen to our last episode and I made it through five, ep- like five minutes and I was like, I can't listen to this. It was just like, it was just cringy. Cause I, I do think, really? that we've, yeah, I just think we've improved a lot. You know what I mean? Okay. Like I can listen to our current episodes, but if I go back to the old ones, it's like, uh, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I never go back and listen to the podcast I do. Cause I'm like, I just, I, my voice and what I say is just too cringy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So so much in your life has changed. You, you've picked yes. up, moved from Oklahoma uh, to, to, to Portland. You know, how are you settling in? How are you liking the, the, the new region that you're living in? Yeah, um, I'm actually not in Portland right now. I'm in Flagstaff. But uh, yeah, we're at here until like February 20th altitude training. Um, but I've been loving Portland. Um, I think it's really cool to go from such like a small college town to like I guess Portland's not a huge city, but it's definitely bigger than Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, so that's been fun to have, you know, more than just a couple restaurants to go um, eat at. Um, and I, I have an apartment like right in the city too. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, just definitely a different like pace um, and definitely like a different culture um, from Oklahoma. Um, but it's been, it's been good. Um, I feel like I am dodging all the rain right now, which is really, really nice. Um, so hopefully by the time I come back, we'll be in spring and the rain will be gone. Um, but it hasn't been too bad. Um, I mean, it did rain a lot in December, but nothing that's like, you know, that terrible. Um, so yeah, but I love the city. Um, and then training has been going well. I think uh, it's been a huge adjustment um, going from, like my college program and basically training by myself to now, um, with Bowerman and, you know, there's going to be at least one person feeling good, um, every single workout. So, um, that's been tough to navigate, but I feel like I've been doing the best I can do. Um, and it's been a lot of fun just being on the team again and having so many people to train with. Sinclair, uh, was the, was the plan to be in Flagstaff to get ready for, indoor national championships or was that part of the training cycle even even before you know that you know, uh, the national yeah, championships so they, was planned mm-hmm. um they go to or we i guess now i'm a part of <laughs> bowerman too. Get used to that um, still i guess <laughs> yeah i'm like they no no that's me too um <laughs> but yeah we go to altitude every january um so yeah i think obviously going into an olympic year too i think we were gonna structure our um our year as we normally would. Um, and it's, it's a bummer that there's going to be no, uh, national or indoor national championship, but there are a ton of other races. It sounds like that are going to be happening in like late January, early February, and even late February too. So, um, kind of gearing up for those and yeah. So, yep. <laughs> was it, was it a big, was it a big bummer when it, when it, when were you planning on racing at indoor national championships? So I'm sure you've, like interviewed other women on the Bowerman track club. Um, we literally don't know right. what our racing schedule is. That's right. <laughs> so, um, if we were planning on it, I was not aware of it. Um, but I think it would have been fun. Um, especially since like, I felt like my fall 
with Bowerman has been going really well. Um, and then hopefully like altitude will continue to go well. Like I would like to have gone to indoor nationals and like seen, you know, what I could do against the top, um, in the U S but I mean, I think like long-term the goal is the Olympics. And, um, and so as long as that's still happening, I'm cool with it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So I have noticed that trend, right. Where it's kind of, you guys go with the flow and you kind of race mm-hmm. the races that, you know, it gets put on the schedule for you. So what, what is that like for you? Cause I'm sure different personalities and different people have, you know, I'm sure there's some people on the team, right. That would much prefer to have a schedule out in advance, kind of like you do in college, right. You know, all right, on this date, I'm going to be racing here and I have two weeks, but how, how does that work for you? Would you prefer to like have it laid out for you? Or are you cool with just like, coach put me on the line whenever and, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. So actually my college coach was a lot like operated similarly, okay. similarly to Jerry. Um, so I'm, I've kind of been used to the whole, like you won't know until a week before that you're going to race. Um, I mean, I, in an ideal world, I would love to know like what I'm going to be doing every single day from here on out. Um, but that's just never going to happen. Um, but I do keep like, you know, at least planting ideas in Jerry's mind. Like even today at practice, I was like, uh, so that Austin meet that's happening at the end of February, I want to race that. And so hopefully, uh, we'll get to race there. But yeah, I think going with the flow can be like both good and bad. Cause I think, you know, sometimes, um, if you know, a training cycle isn't going as planned, um, then we're not stuck to like going to these certain races or hitting these certain, certain workouts or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I think, I think most of us would ideally like to know what we're going to be doing. Um, and, and, and two, it's like, I think with, uh, especially this year with races being like limited, the number of like entries and stuff, um, I think sometimes I'm just like a little bit stressed because I'm like, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to get into this race last minute. Um, so it'd be good to, you know, enter now. And he's like, oh, you know, we'll figure that out when the time comes. So, yeah. <laughs> There'll be room for Bowerman at the races. They'll always right, find exactly. room for, for you but guys out there. I, I don't like that. I'm like, we're not like any different than any other group, you know, like we can't be there. Like, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, just like, it's all fair game. Like, I think we should follow the same protocols and do the same things that everyone else is doing. Um, But I guess, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. (laughs) How much heads up are we talking? Like, it's not a lot, but like, when do you actually find out that you're going to be stepping on the line? Well, so I've only been with them since the end of September. So we haven't had any race opportunities. Um, It sounds like to me, honestly, though, like you, you can find out a week before and it's like book your ticket you know book hotel rental car whatever like you know five days before the race um so yeah very stressful (laughs) that's insane i know but somehow they do it and they perform well so i mean i guess (laughs) it works (laughs) hard to argue with results right yeah yeah exactly so when so you know, let's go back a little bit. So you, you know, you leave school a, a, a little early, um, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020. I mean, you can, at the time it looked like, you know, you just won a national championship. You were, you know, looking like you, you might have a shot at the Olympics. So I, it made sense to leave. You had the, the opportunity, you had the pro contract, you took it and you first announced that you were just signing with Nike. There wasn't any word about signing mm-hmm. with, uh, about joining the, the, the Bowerman club or, or the Bowerman track team. 
was it the plan to join Bowerman the whole time and there was just kind of a little interim there or did you sign with Nike and then join Bowerman? Um, the plan was to join Bowerman the whole time. Um, Nike didn't know that, um, but me and my agent did. Okay. Um, I think sometimes when I've seen in the past when people um, say like, oh, I want to join Bowerman and that's, you know, their end goal with the whole going pro process, um, Nike can really lowball you. Um, mm. and because you're, I mean, you're trapped. Like if you want to join Bowerman, well, you have to be with Nike. Um, so I think that I try to use that as leverage, um, saying like, yes, I'll join one of your groups. I'm not sure what, um, I also was like, I want to stay in Oklahoma going into the, the Olympic year. Um, cause I didn't want to change my coaching training, et cetera. Um, and then I still had school to finish too. Um, so I think I really tried to make a case saying like, yeah, like, you know, I'll go with you guys if it makes sense. Um, if like basically if you offer me enough money, but, um, if not, I'll just go back to school. So I think I, in my situation had a lot of leverage. Um, but yeah, the plan was always to join Bowerman. Um, it wasn't until, what like the summer that I was like okay it's time time to go now and I think um it's been been such a good um decision and I really couldn't be happier with the timing of everything and um now being here with this group that's Thanks super there. interesting I, I I would never I would have never saw it from that perspective but when you say that it makes a ton of sense Mm -hmm. you say like I'm going to join Bowerman you have you know there's a reason why you're going there you know you want to run under Jerry you want to run with these athletes it kind of takes negotiation leverage out of your 100%. out of your side that's super mm -hmm. interesting that's wild yeah yep you owned it can we get yeah. some advice on like negotiating with our sponsors here <laughs> like I love this story you you Nike this uber powerful corporation and obviously you know they're, they're treating you well over there and, and it seems like you're happy there but you like own the negotiation so how do we uh, get better, you know, deals from our sponsors. What advice do you have for us? Uh, use, like I said, you have to have leverage. You have to have something that you can just like fall back on saying, well, I mean, if you're not going to do this for me, then I'm just going to go do this other thing. Um, the art of I the feel deal. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You Who's your agent? Uh, Ricky Sims. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So that was like another thing too. I felt like, in the summer, because of the timing of when I went pro, there was so much speculation on whether I was going or not and who I was signing with, um, which actually kind of helped in my favor because I think Nike thought for the longest time that I was going to go with another agent and sign with Adidas. Um, so that I think made them a little bit more frantic too. Um, so yeah, just honestly, I just really got lucky with the timing <laughs> of everything. That's, that's, in, that's incredible. Dominated them. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to take you back a little bit to the last time we talked, last time we talked, you had, were coming fresh off of, you know, your 1500 meter national championship. Uh, you had the swagger about you. And I think, you know, after you win a national championship, an individual national championship, I, I can imagine, right. Never being in those shoes. I can imagine that, you know, when you step on a line after that, you feel a little bit different, right. You have a little bit different confidence to you. Um, and you know, you feel like a national champion, but I can also imagine once you put on a pro uniform and you're on a completely different stage that can wear off pretty quickly, but you kind of got on the pro stage and immediately I feel like 
got that swagger right back with your performance at the uh, trials going into world championship. You know, you came up just short of making that team, but really, you know, stepped on the line with, with the big dogs and showed, mm-hmm. Hey, I belong here. I'm not just some uh, college kid, you know, win national championships. I'm, I'm a pro now and, and I'm here to stay. How quickly did that confidence transfer from your national championship to that race to, you know, Hey, I, I belong here. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that. Cause I feel like I went into that race super naive and just like, <laughs> Oh, I can beat Jenny Simpson or I can beat Shelby Hulan, you know? And like, obviously I was not going to beat them on that particular day. Um, but I felt like I just went in with this confidence that I could beat them and that I could even like win the race that I never really hyped up who I was racing or hyped up like the circumstances of the race um, in that way. Um, and just kind of treated it like any other college race that um, I approached. I approached it. I always approached, you know, the starting line, like, okay, there's nobody here that can beat me. And obviously there's going to be times where you're going to get beaten or there's people that are just clearly better than you, like Shelby and Jenny. Um, but I think going in with that kind of mindset, um, just made me feel like I'm on the same level as them and not like they're, I'm putting this, putting them on this pedestal. Cause it was hard to realize like, okay, I've looked up to Jenny and Shelby for so long and now like I'm trying to beat them. Like this doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, just, just trying to put myself in the shoes of like, I belong here and like, you know, I am just as capable of making this team as they are. And that, that couple months meant it, it, it must I mean, how long was it between your national championship and that and the USA championship? It must have only been a few months, yeah. right? Yeah, it was like, I mean, it was in June and then end of July. So yeah, yeah, like probably like two months. Yeah, I mean, that must have been a whirlwind because the national championship, while it was well-deserved, it was a, it was a breakthrough race for you. Like oh, you yeah. Kinda, you mm-hmm. kind of broke out into the scene. And the next thing you know, you're competing against the, the best in the country. That must have been just kind of crazy to wrap your head around. Yeah, it was, um, I felt like I basically was not on the scene. Like, I mean, even going into the national championship, like everybody was talking about Jessica Hole and like, that was the person that was going to win the race. Um, so I feel like I went from a position of like, nobody's talking about her to like, all of a sudden they're like, wait, this girl can make the team. Um, and so that was very, very different to navigate, but I feel like in my mind, like, I felt like it all made sense. Cause like I had seen what I had done in workouts. Um, I just felt like I never had a real opportunity to get pushed, um, throughout the, like the collegiate season. Um, so it, like, to me, I was just like, I'm not shocked by this, but of course, like to everybody else, like they're like, who's this girl <laughs> beating Jessica Hole, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a whirlwind to go from like not being talked about to all of a sudden people are like, wait, you can make the world championship team. You go from no one's talking about you to just like owning Nike in negotiations. <laughs> you really made some strides. There. But it, like you said, you, you show up to that race. People are probably not having the highest expectations of you. Um, you go in there, you grab fourth, you, you just miss it. So even though maybe you weren't like the favorite going into it, um, coming that close to the world championship has to, has to stick with you. Is that a race you revisit often? Like, for motivation or just like visualization to try and like uh, help yourself and get motivated to make sure you're at the next, you know, Olympics or world championships or whatever event it may be. Yeah. um, I feel like in that race, particularly, I like to go back and look on it because I feel like tactically I ran a really poor race. um, And I felt like 
I definitely needed to be in, you know, the four to fourth to third place range going into 500 meters because I wasn't going to outkick any of those women. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool to look back on that and one, like see me going head to head with, um, them. And I think that definitely gives me confidence and, and two, just to go back and see like, okay, this is where I made a mistake. Like, this is what I could do better. Um, so yeah. So with that confidence, now that you've grown, that you, you've gotten on the big stage and, and you're ready to go after it one more time in a big year, I have a, I have a trap question for you here, Sinclair. Um, what place are you going to finish at the Olympics? <laughs> at the Olympics or the Olympic trials? Oh yeah, that's the trap part of it. <laughs> the Olympics. The Olympics? Yeah, we're oh just going to skip right over the trials. Uh, I mean... I would like to make the final. I think that's my main, my main goal. I hope to be top 10. I don't know. I really have no idea. All right. So we're going to, we're going to get our blog team on this. The headline is Sinclair Johnson uh, predicts that she will not just make the Olympic team, (laughs) but she will make the finals. <laughs> yes, Trapped. I like we that. Putting you. it out there. We <laughs> just that, that was like a, a Nike esque negotiation. I just did that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna ask a real bummer of a question. I know it's oh, a bummer of a question, but I need Steve. to know. No, I know. I know. I know. On. So on our podcast this past week, it, you know, with world with the the USA Indoor National Championships getting canceled, it mm. occurred to me that all of a sudden, all the events we have this spring into the summer might be in question. It didn't occur to me. Right. And now I'm starting to question this. Like we might go through another summer. Like it could be a, it, it could be a possibility and you run in different circles than we do, obviously <laughs> um, it, literally and figuratively, I, I guess. But <laughs> is there any talk about this on the team or are you guys just trying to put this out of your head? Uh, honestly, there hasn't been any talk and I do really appreciate, I think Jerry has been very good and just saying like the, the trials are happening. Like, you know, you guys are going to be making the team. You're going to be going to the Olympics. Um, and I feel like having that kind of mindset, whether it happens or not, is just like a much healthier way to approach what we're doing. Um, because at the end of the day, like we're all trying to make the Olympic team, and I think that's like, I mean, especially this year, like that's, this is why we're training our butts off, you know? Um, so I feel like trying to keep the mood um, <clears throat> in the sense that like, we are going to be at the Olympic trials. We are going to be vying for that team. Um, but yeah, there ha- actually really hasn't been much talk of like that possibility, which I do appreciate. Cause I'm like, I feel like once you start thinking that it can just like, you can just go down the rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, I mean, obviously that is a possibility. Um, but hopefully we'll get things figured out more better by this summer. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think going forward, like we're going to plan as if they are happening. And I think also too, if they don't happen, it is cool to be in this group because we can do something like they did last summer. Um, which is like not as exciting to race your own teammates, but um, still like Shelby and Chris have dipped into the American record. So I'm like, you know, like whether I get to wear the USA on my chest or not, I know like I'll have fast times this year and, um, and just enjoy it too. Yeah. 
No more, no more bummer questions from us. We're all positivity <laughs> going. The Olympics are happening. The trials are happening. Yes. But, yeah, like the, yeah, it, it, but, but you, you do bring up a good point that, you know, you're, you're kind of put in a position with this team where you, you have an op- you're going to have an opportunity to compete against some of the best runners in the world, no matter what, which is really cool. Um, yeah. so I think that's, that's kind of the right way to think about it. And the other thing is, you know, I, I think we talk about it a lot on this podcast. I mean, just because we like to break down the sport and we like to analyze it. We talk about the runners that are hurt by this year getting pushed back and the runners that are helped by it. And I think you just, you know, fresh out of college, one of the younger runners on the scene, I think you could make the argument that you are helped by this, this, this extra year, you know, an extra year oh, yeah. to prepare with pros. So, you know, I think that's a really, you know, positive spin we can put on this. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I actually like, was very as as much as it sucked but I was very thankful that I did have an extra year um because I mean I think that I just needed more experience running at this level um and I don't think I would have been as prepared going into the or the trials last year as I will be this year so it is a blessing in disguise (laughs) yeah Sinclair, I have a very serious question now to, to move. I know Steve had his serious one. Now I have my serious one. Um, a few weeks ago, you went on a run, and I, I saw this on your Instagram, and you decided to stop and take a picture of an alligator that was close enough for you to take a picture. I am concerned about you, first off. It was zoomed in. That picture was very zoomed in. Well, I, I don't care how zoomed in it is. You still stopped. Like, you should be running away from the alligator. But I guess you're from Florida, so you're you're kind of a little crazy. Um, but, like, are you just not scared of alligators? Is that what, what it is? Um, no, I'm definitely terrified of alligators. Um, but, I mean, I feel like feel like I've had so many, not like so many interactions, but like growing up, we would go kayaking in this like springs that was by our house. And you would see about, I don't know, 15 to 20 gators while you're just like casually kayaking down here. And they're like, I mean, about a foot next to you, but they really don't mess with you unless you mess with them. Um, so (laughs) I keep telling yourself that. (laughs) Well, you keep your distance, but I haven't had any any run-ins thus far. So I feel like uh, running in its doing, territory is messing with it enough. Like, what if it, you know, what if little baby gators? Around? I don't know. I guess I. I just mean, yeah, a hundred percent. That could have that could have happened, but um, <laughs> I'm glad you're moving that, to the northwest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the scariest thing you've ever you know encountered during a run, or is there any any other crazy stories that have happened? I'm sure. Yeah. You know, in your in your times running down in the swamps in Florida, you must have seen some wild things. Yeah, actually, I feel like I remember in high school, I was running thick through the neighborhood and I saw like a pit bull on the loose. And I think that was oh, the God. most terrifying thing ever because I'm like, I don't know if this dog's friendly and I don't know if it wants to rip my head off. I don't know if it has an owner. Like, so I think that was probably the most terrifying thing because I know that dog can outrun me. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, Gator could outrun me too, but um, I don't know. I just like, don't feel as freaked out by them. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that seems like crazy to me. So you, it's you, just, go ahead. It was like, it was just like, it's just like, it's a normal thing. It's like in every single lake in Florida, there are at least two Gators. So oh, that was yeah. just, that's just what I grew up with. Um, so I think we just rationalize it a little bit differently than other people do who aren't like accustomed to seeing gators all the time. Do you go swimming in the lakes there? 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you go swimming and you know there's alligators in the water. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Florida people. Yeah, I know. We're crazy. <laughs> Haven't you seen Florida man? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's Florida to a T, I promise you. <laughs> Didn't be unexpected. So you've lived and trained in, in three very different climates now. Which one's your favorite to train in? Um, I have to say currently Portland. I feel like even the win- the winters, like, yes, it's rainy, but I, it never gets too cold. Um, I feel like sometimes in Oklahoma, like, especially in the winter, it could get down to single dig- digits. We would have ice, we have snow. Um, so winter training there was terrible. And then it can get so hot and so humid in the summer slash fall. And then same with Florida. It's just like hot and humid year round. You get like two months of nice weather, which is like December and January. And then it's right back to 90 plus and hundred percent humidity. So it's just terrible. I actually don't like going home for that reason. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I was thinking to myself, there's probably very few people who have quite the like resume of places they've lived or trained in the you know in their life between florida oklahoma and portland there's not not three more different places i know that's all the climates that's all the climates but not just the climates just like everything about them like those places all individually very very different it's crazy yeah i mean culturally yeah weather-wise yeah you've seen it all super different i have (laughs) well diverse yeah that's right, that's right. Well, so Claire, thank you so much for coming on this has been a ton of fun but i think you remember from last time we end every interview with a quick game mike wants yes. to kick off down the home stretch all right down the home stretch rapid fire questions we were just kind of touching upon it here you know you just recently made another move out to the uh, pacific northwest and so we are going to ask you some questions about moving trent's going to okay. get the first one let's do it all right. So were you were you behind the wheel, you know, dragging the U-Haul behind? <laughs> I was not. I made my boyfriend drive all 30 hours. <laughs> oh, that's I brutal. felt bad. I mean, it was it was yeah, it was a 30 hour drive. We were in a U-Haul and a U-Haul has a governor at like 75 miles an hour. Um, we were also towing my car. I, he was a trooper. But yeah, I drove zero minutes of that entire drive. <laughs> So I think every time I've moved, without a doubt, somebody has made the declaration, we are never moving again. Was that declaration made? Yes, 100%. I mean, this is like my first big move too, but I was like, I, nope, I'm not doing this. (laughs) I, one of like, it stinks, but it's also interesting to me. I don't know if you have any stairs in your new place, but the you know process of moving like a couch or something up the stairs where you're trying all these like different angles and it's uh mm-hmm. you know you get the whole tetris thing going on are you are you good at that like do you see it well or is it you know not 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 a good uh, strategy for you not at all yeah i'm <laughs> not and also my it was my mom i think my boyfriend left soon after we moved out so my mom came in to help me move the rest of the stuff and we were like have to buy a couch and blah 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 but uh, yeah, it was actually embarrassing watching us try and get this couch up the stairs. I think one of the neighbors came out and was like, uh, do you guys need some help? <laughs> so we were outside like grunting like, ugh, ugh. and they're probably like, what the fuck is going on? 
you didn't drive the U-Haul. You can't move the couch up the stairs. I, know. I don't know. You're I'm not very good at this whole so thing. Don't ever, I was like, my friends know never to ask me to help with that kind of stuff. Well, that's a like positive. Um, all right. How, how late were you up the last night in Oklahoma? Like just trying to like desperately pack and get things ready to go. Um, probably like one, I would say. Um, not Reasonable. too late. Yeah. I, I feel like I, so I had my friend's wedding also that same week that I was moving. So we, we drove down to Texas, uh, had went to the wedding then had to drive back up and like finish packing. Um, but I did try to get most of it done before we left, but that was just, that was one of the most hectic, week, hectic, stressful, um, weeks of my life. <laughs> so I think when you're moving, there's two types of people. There's the type of person that packs everything and gets sentimental about everything. And then there's the type of person that just wants to throw everything out. Which type of person are you? Um, throw everything out. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to start over. I don't want to take all this stuff <laughs> except for clothes. I feel like that stuff I'm, but everything else, I was just like trash, trash. So I think the only thing worse than the actual like physical moving is having to change like all of your accounts over. You got to change the address on your credit cards. You, you got to change your license. I mean, it's just the worst. How long do you think from the time you move in to the time you complete all of that will be? Um, probably see. And then the hard thing is I'm gone too so much. <laughs> uh, so it's probably going to take, I would say hopefully by the end of this year, I think yeah, even I like, like with, scheduling an appointment with a DMV to change all that. I don't think I could get an appointment to like March. So yeah, yeah I'm, I moved like two years ago and I think I just finished up like doing all that stuff within the last like month. I, there's just, you know, a few things always hanging over my head. It's the worst. Yeah. I'm sure there's things that you don't even think about too. Like, Oh yeah, I forgot to change my address for this certain thing. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's going to be a process. <laughs> Don't, uh, don't tell my insurance, but I still live in New Hampshire. Definitely not in a big city. Um, the well, one thing... I still pay taxes in Florida, so. Okay. Smart. Very and nice. hopefully smart. I'll continue. Yeah. Yes. Do that as long time. as you possibly can. You always will. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing you're not, you were afraid of throughout besides clothes was your plants from that one picture I oh, saw. Yes. How, how many plants did you bring from Oklahoma to Portland? Um, we brought about like two big ones and then like maybe one small one, not a lot. Um, but we, I don't know, we were just like something, something decorative that we can just put in the apartment right away that maybe feels a little more homey. <laughs> the big ones must've looked like, like a bunch. It was like a great picture of the U-Haul. It was like you had decorated it for your new apartment with just like yes. nice plants <laughs> in the front there. It's funny because I feel like so many people said that to me. Like, I love how you brought the plants with us. It's like, yeah, of course you brought the plants with us. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, hit her with the last question. All right. So kind of similar to what Steve was talking about earlier. I think there's two types of packers. You go, you get the packer. Who, it's very nice and organized. Everything's folded and labeled very nice. And then you get the person who's like, there's a garage or a, a garbage bag that has like batteries and like <laughs> lamps and just all kinds of stuff. You throw it over your shoulder like Santa Claus. How, what is your packing strategy? I'm a very organized person. So okay. yeah, I like <laughs> labeling boxes. Like this is the kitchen stuff. This is, I mean, you ha will have that box. It's like miscellaneous, but for the most part, I'm like definitely want things to be organized. Cause I feel like you just end up making your life so much harder <laughs> when you're unpacking. 
yeah, it, it seems like a much better idea when you're physically doing the pack and you're like, ah, I don't have time for this. And you get there yes. and you're just like, I don't know what to do with all of this junk. <laughs> yeah. Or you're trying to find something that you need right away and you're like, I have no idea where this could be. <laughs> uh, Sinclair, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. It's great having you on for a second time. We're going to be wishing yes. you the best this, uh, this crazy year. So. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good seeing you all. Yeah, thanks, thanks Sinclair. You Appreciate it. Sinclair Johnson, true friend of the program. We'll have to have her on for a third time some point in the future. I mean, moving just absolutely the worst thing in the world. So, um, you know, that I just had like flashbacks to all the times I moved during the during the bell or I'm sorry, down the home stretch there. So moving sucks. But I I will say, Steve, it's fun for me when we can have um, an athlete on twice at two like completely different points in their running career. Right? It was very cool to, to talk to Sinclair when she was at the end of her college career and now in like the beginning of her professional career. Um, yeah. It's just like a unique thing that I didn't think we would get the chance to do. So it's very cool. Yeah. And we first did the interview like way back then. I, I don't know if like the idea of interviewing these athletes later on as pros was right. like a realistic <laughs> thought to me, but uh, I also want to say thanks Sinclair for asking me how about how my shoulder was doing. Uh, appreciate, appreciate you Karen when you see the sling. So Doing just fine. I don't suck at snowboarding that bad, just so everyone knows. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are going to get into a version of personal podium. So just quick recap, we kind of like rank like our, you know, different topics around the sport of running. We're going to get into a topic that I can't believe we haven't got into in the past before. We're going to go our personal podium of top three running songs, songs that we would run to in our training. And this is going to be a little different because music, when you're listening, it's so subjective. It's very personal. We're going to set the stage a little bit and talk about why this song is one of our favorite running songs. So I think we'll go, we'll go me, Mike, Trent, and we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit. And Steven, I think it's important to point out too. It's like, it's not just why this song, because I think there's like a category of a bunch of different categories of songs. It's like, I don't think it's that particular song that that song represents like a genre or or a type of song that you're, that you need at that moment, that type of run, whatever it is, a workout along or whatever. So that's kind of more like, I mean, it's, it, it it doesn't necessarily need to be that one song, but it's something like that. It's what that song gives you. So I think for me, these, these songs represent different points in my running life. I love it. I love it. All right. So, so my song, so my first song is, uh, you know, this, this song takes me back to my post-collegiate days, you know, getting out of work, heading out to the track, doing a, doing a track workout by yourself. All you got is yourself, the track and your headphones, and you need to get some music kind of amped up just to get through the workout. Got a little pretender by the Foo Fighters. I mean, this is this is like the ultimate workout song. Yeah, Steve, I can see it. You're like at the, uh, you're, you're a track in Boston right now. Like the, the lights are on. It's just you. It's a little crisp in the air. Lacing up your shoes right now. 
Yeah, yeah. It, this is an absolute just pump up classic. Yeah. I mean, I hate to give credit to you guys, but Steve, what a wonderful choice to get us started here. I mean, and the interval starts right at this drop right here, right? I'm ready to get on track. I'm ready to do it. Let's go. Irish Clover 5. I do love when you're on the track in a workout or something or a push, and it starts when the beat goes, right? It doesn't start when your rest runs up. It starts when you're about to just hit the beat. What a winner. What an absolute winner right that was there. Good. So Steve starting us off with the Foo Fighters right there. I want to work off that theme where you have a nice slow build into just like an epic drop. I mean, it's the perfect music for, as we said, getting started into an interval or, or maybe you're, you know, before a, a big meet and you need to kind of shift from that, that mellow that you've been in to starting to get uber excited. I mean, if you're from Boston, you know this, you know this in the Celtics intro. Requiem for a dream. Back with the big three. I already have goosebumps. I already have got goosebumps. I mean this is this song just brings me back. It brings me back to like, you know, watching watching Garnett Pierce, Allen on the floor just kind of battling. Uh, right now I'm like on the sidewalk passing like a an old lady sprinting by her, you know, thinking I'm some tough guy probably doing like way too fast that I should be going. I'm gonna be hurting in like three minutes, but For those who that don't know, that was Kevin Garnett screaming right in the middle of it in the remix that we chose because just like the the morbid scream there, right? It's just it gets in the inner part of your human soul. Oh, I like man. it. I like it. Good one, Trent. Good one. I I, I need to to change it. Not that I don't have pump up songs. You know, we we all need to have our pump up vibe, but I need to change the vibe going a little bit here because if not, I'm gonna run through a brick wall during this podcast so steve do you have my song queued up do you have it ready to go one second here all right well let me let me let me start setting the stage here before we do so this song is you're still in college and you saturday hits saturday's race day and race day does not go well right it's it wasn't your day so you go back to the dorm and everyone, other people around you had a really good day. So they're feeling themselves. The party begins and, you know, you're, you're down in the dumps and moping. Don't really feel like partying. But once all your friends get going and having a good time, you start to let go of the race. And so you, now you're having a good time and everyone's having a good time. You've seemingly forgot about the race and... Sunday morning hits and you're tired, you're exhausted, a little bit hungover and it's Sunday long run time. So you got to get yourself ready, you know, to get on the roads, Sunday long run. So you blast this in the apartment before you leave to kind of get everyone in the right mindset. Let's hit it, Steve. Right, you gotta, you gotta let go of your worries. You gotta forget about yesterday's race. You can't worry too much about how yesterday's going because it's a brand new day. You gotta let go of your hangover, and it's time to just drop like a hard 16-mile run and make it happen. This is, this is getting the boys going. 
getting. I mean, if you wake up, if you wake up a little groggy, right, and you're and you're you're dreading practice coming up, and you throw this song on, I mean, everybody starts like jiving a little bit. Like you said, you're forgetting about the hangovers, and you're just you know, it's like, hey, we just gotta get out there. We gotta do it. We gotta put in this long run. It just it just gotta happen. It's time to shake it off. My my favorite like Trentism was. You know, there's there's people in college, right, who like think the night before Sunday long run, you can't have a good time. But it's the 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 true badasses were the ones that were able to have a good time on Saturday night, wake up early Sunday morning, and, and crush a 16 mile long run at you know 6:30 pacing. Those are the true badasses, and that's what this song, um, that's the vibe this song is giving me. This song propels all the true badasses out yes. there. This, I couldn't be more excited about this pick, Mike. I mean, I could have gone just all Taylor Swift songs. I was going to try to avoid that because I think people know like some of my favorite running songs are Taylor Swift songs, so I was trying to mix it up, but I- I'm glad you, you brought me to my I, I had to beat you too. Yeah, I was just going to say, Mike, Mike had to get this one from the first yeah. round. Before <laughs> all right, so we, are we snake trapping it? Mike, are you going to go again or do you want to come back to me? Uh, if you're ready for it, I prefer you to go. All right, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. So this is, I'm back in college, back probably junior year of college, and you're loading up the vans, you're heading out, you're heading out to, you know, the, the workout spot, the workout spot, it's, you know, probably Tuesday, you got your tough interval workout coming up, you know, it's cross country season, so it's a little crisp in the air, and you're doing your, you're doing your intervals on the, what we call the grass loop. So we load up the vans. We head out and, you know, I, I hustle a little bit quicker to the van. So I make sure I get in the front seat next to the driver. So I got control over the radio. Right. And so we're rolling up. Everybody's kind of dreading the workout a little bit, but you know, we got to get it done. Cause we got to, we got to, you know, the, the start of the cross country season, you got to put in those intervals. So we throw this on. Kane is in the building. And everybody just starts bobbing their heads getting ready for this workout ready to crush this workout this isn't just an all-time running song pumping fun this is just an all-time song yeah yeah you start you start envisioning you know what's the what's that show on with the rock on hbo i don't know i don't know <laughs> ballers you ballers, start ballers ballers being ballers everybody like working out doing crazy workouts i mean you start, i mean this song just kind of puts you in that spot where it's time to work out it's time to go hard and it's like that moment i picture that moment like right after an interval when everyone's like kind of gassed like super in the zone you kind of have that like mutual understanding we all know what each other's thinking you know i mean we're all kind of locked in ready to go and just playing in the background of everyone's head just you know just Kind of puts you in the right, right mindset. We're, we're sharing some songs I think we have in our personal iTunes here and stuff. Yeah. This song is going to be a universal hit, right? Like this song is the one when you control, like you said, the radio. It's not just your headphones, but you're getting everybody pumped up. This is this is where you go. So this is like I feel like we're gonna have to do this like every couple months because you playing these songs just keep bringing new ones to mind, give me different, you know moments and running when it's like oh, I needed this song. Trent, why do you get the the most difficult songs to look up are right, here? We go. <laughs> See, seeing the album cover here is hilarious. <laughs> so Steve, you you get us with like just just a big winner. Everyone's gonna appreciate it. 
I want to get one where like I'm in the world of my own headphones. I remember playing this song. I used to have not an iPod, you know, you remember those MP3 players that weren't iPods, right? They could hold like a hundred songs or something like that. This is one of like the four songs that I had on it for the longest time. Got your Zune. What's that? Got your Zune. Yes. Yes, exactly. This is, this is one of those songs where I had on it and it was like a, you almost need to like scream when this came on, right? This was like a, you know, a middle, maybe of like a, a, a tempo run where you're just like losing some, some steam and you just need something that's just going to like make you explode. I mean, this song was, was an absolute banger for me back in high school. I Trent, I can just see you with your, with all your Pelham friends and your, and your, your frosted tip hair, just riding around on your bikes, just riding around the cul-de-sac, listening to P.O.D. If, yeah, if you guys don't know, we got Boom, P.O.D., just like the the best pump-up song for an eighth grader in the game. Steve, turn this up a little bit. Turn this up a little bit. And I need a little more volume in my life. Oh, I haven't heard this song in way too This is like... It, to me, this is this gives me like almost... You're on the bus to like the high school cross-country meet. You know what I mean? yeah. yeah. And everyone blaring this. It's it's the best way. Like I, you know, I don't do screen or anything like that. It's the closest I'll get to it. I remember this was on. I had a like Red Sox CD in like yeah, 2003, I that and this was on that CD. That CD was amazing. It was that CD was I'm great. Dig up that CD. <laughs> very good. Very good. Mike, was this your no, song? No, no, scrap that one. I chose a different one. Uh, well, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, uh. Yeah, keep it going. <laughs> boom. Here comes the boom. Really? Okay. Yep. You'll get it. You'll hear it in a second. You'll understand why. This is what we're going with? This is what this we're going one? with. Mike throws a wild card into the chat. I'm excited for this. Don't you'll 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 see where I'm going with this for a second. Are you queued up? I'm queued up. All right. So you guys have both continued going with like the the pump up running songs, and those are important, right? My third one, I'm gonna go to the well with that. However, there's a lot of different. You know, running isn't just all about the workouts or the pump up. Yeah, you gotta have different. There's different scenarios different emotions that go into this so i'm gonna bring us all again to college we got a you know this could be you know or you know your your running group on a, on a saturday uh and it's what we like to call in the business an our day right so you can't have practice seven days a week so that that seventh day you don't have like an official practice and maybe a group of the boys get together for an easy run. It's your recovery day. You probably just came off of a long run or a hard workout. So we're going super slow today, right? It's just, you're just getting out there, getting in miles, right? Like getting in the minutes. All right. So see you hit the music. So now you got probably Trent from the back of the pack just starts belting out a song and everyone's kind of not sure what he's doing at first, but you start to feel it. And now the whole pack, right? You got nine guys in their shorts, probably with their shirt off. 
belting out this song. You're running past people, you know, down the streets of Eastern Massachusetts. They're looking at you funny. You don't care, but the whole group is singing, having a good time. Because today, listen, we're not necessarily out here to get faster. We're out here to just get our miles in, to recover a little bit, and remind ourselves why we love running, why we love the community, why we enjoy doing this together. And that, that is why we're enjoying this song on this one. All right, Mike. I didn't know where you were going with this, but I think, I think, yeah, I think you pulled it together. I think a good sing along is underrated on those. Oh yeah, absolutely. This choice, Mike. I mean, the ultimate sing along. Sometimes you need to just break the lull, right? You know, something like this will just get a smile on everybody's face and look at you excited to run again. This is. This is All right, good pick. You pulled it out, Mike. You pulled it out. All right, let's fade out. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to set the stage for this one. So this is you are shortly after shortly after your 30th birthday. You've been ramping up the mileage a little bit just seeing what else you got in the tank because you know what you're not ready to give up on the glory days. You're not ready to give up on going down to the local 5K and laying the smack down on some people. You still got that itch to compete. You still, you still got just a little left, a little fight left in you, right? And just to remind everybody, all the young upstarts coming up there, kind of chasing down your heels, that you still got, right? And you, you know, it, it's, you, you fight to the finish line. You get the win on that day. It was a lot harder than it used to be, but you still got it. And then you go to the bar, order a couple Miller Lights, and you play this song. Oh, yeah. And it okay. Rolls. And it rolls. I see, I see what you're doing. You're out there, and you got you got your first place trophy. You're double fisting it. And you're looking at all the young bucks that you just built. You, you just beat, right? And you're just letting them know. You say, hey, I ain't as good as I want to be. But I'm as I am. But I think, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. And we're both I ain't as good as I once was, but I was good once. You're the only it, you're, you're feeling yourself a little bit here, right? I mean, this wasn't your PR, Steve, right? No, no. You, you did enough. You did enough to still get that, like, little 5K victory. That's all that matters. You still got it in you. You got just enough. You got just enough in the tank to, to whip up on the young guys. Yeah, we, uh, we've been talking about pre-running we've been talking about actual running the post-running song is an important category here Stephen. I'm, brought, I'm really glad you brought up because this is a nice little country playing like this after the race is it's a good thing I, I feel like i feel like you can relate to this one Steve. It's, 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 uh, you know this is where you're living this, 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 this one all hit, this one hits close to home let me tell you this one hits real close to home Good pick. Good. Guys, I, I like this, like, being nice to each other is kind of nice. And, like, <laughs> it's different. I, it's different. I know we said, you know, this one's a little more subjective. I'm not so sure. We've had a lot of subjective podiums in the past that we, we've, you know, viciously attacked each other. So, I mean, but Trent just sent me a song to type in and, like, what are we doing here? Here we go. Trent's all over the place. The good what are we doing here? I, I mean, okay. Me, all right. 
let me set the stage right. for this one. We're we're getting a little off track here. <laughs> right. We're getting a little different. So All right, let me let me let me cue this one up. Boy, I don't know where we are going with this, but we're doing it, huh? We're really doing it. I mean, Trent, I gotta tell you, man, I this is this is, I mean, this these songs are not what I expected from you. I don't let's <laughs> see what's going on here, but all right, kick it up. As I said, I'm staying away from the Taylor Swift because I think we all know that that's, you know, on top of all my running playlists. But when, when I was a young runner, right, like high school, beginning of college, I was listening to that Wrecking for a Dream, that Here Comes the Boom, you know. A lot of other songs I hear, I can't even bring up because they're too inappropriate, right? There, there's some, uh, <laughs> the YG song, right, the, some Trick Daddy in there that just has too many swears to even uh, approach this podcast. But I realized, like, my senior year, that I sometimes I would get too fired up for races, right? I would just be losing my head ready to like headbutt a tree. So if I was like too fired up, like when I get onto the infield before the race, right? I'm on the infield. I'm now t- putting my spikes on. I would take my headphones out real quick and I would play a nice, slow, sappy ass love song. I swear to God, like a slow country song. Uh, that would just bring me, what like, center my focus. I'm not this is kidding. a running song. I mean, we're putting our she listeners to <laughs> This is so, Blake Shell Austin for you guys who don't know. So, he, here's what I will say, Pencil. <laughs> I, I uh, could not get my, like, pop-up music going too early because I would, like, psych myself out. So in the entire bus ride to a meet, I would only listen to like the sappiest, slowest, mostly country music I possibly could. I mean, it hits, man. Like, and when he really like hits that that low voice and he really like like just finds a new level and goes off in this chorus, I mean, it's the perfect level of pump up. It's the perfect like I'm fired up, but I'm not too yeah. fired up. I feel like it lowers your heart rate. It's kind of the calm before the storm, for me at least. Yeah. So, I, I get why Steve thinks this is crazy, because it is, but I can relate. I, this was like my pre-playlist. pre And then once we, got up, once we walked off the bus, then it was nothing but my pump-up playlist. See, I need to go back to this right yeah, before the race. Lower the heart rate again. I, I get that. I, I get it. Kind of a wild version of, of that type of song that you picked, but hey. And everybody that gave me crap about the, the Christmas movies, please give Trent crap now. <laughs> All right, moving on. This right, song slaps. I'm going to take us home. Yeah, come on. I'm going to take us home. All right. All right, here we go. This is mid, like, you are preparing for the biggest race of your life, whatever it is. It's, it's your marathon. It's your cross-country race. It's your mind, whatever it is, whatever it is, the biggest race of your entire life. And this is like that one training session when you just need to get after it. And you could play this on repeat a thousand times doing the work. It's your huge workout. It's, it's that like you just crushed a run and you don't feel like doing anything else, but you got to go like get some push-ups and you got to get your corn because you got to be doing all of the little things. Steve hit the song because this might be the greatest pump up song in the history of the world. This is the song that could get anybody to like get to that next level. If you're training when you got to be listening to the song because 
This is the song that gets you to the next level, right here. This is it. I agree. I agree. I mean, this this fires me up. This is this brings me back to freshman year of college, trying to walk onto the team, grinding with myself, playing this song on repeat. It gives you like, it's a perfect message, right? It's a running message. It's like, you gotta put the pain in, you gotta do the work. Like, it's the underdog story. He's like the silent killer. It's just, this is the song. This is the song. When I, when I talked about my MP3 player that had that POD boom, had four songs on it, this was one of the songs on it. This was one of the four. I think I, I mean yeah, I mean, you can't can't argue with this. JJ Watt might have killed this song a little bit, but, <laughs> but I mean you can't, can't deny it. I don't know. I mean, did, did they have any other songs? Let's look it up on Spotify. What what is what is Fort Minor's top song? I mean, this has got to be the top this song. Is, I mean, obviously, but what's number two? Oh, I do know their number two song. What is it? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I miss you some. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know any other ones though. All right, I think that I think that was a successful segment. What do you guys think? I liked it. I liked it. I feel like I have a bazillion more songs I need to. Well, we gotta, we're gonna have to run this back. I mean, Absolutely. I think that this is this is this is something that we got to run back. And you know what? You know, we did a survey, and it turns out that most people listen to this podcast while we run so we got it while they run so we got to do Ooh. more running related content so i think throwing in a little bit of music while people are listening to it on their run you know that's uh i think that's that's a you know a good segment for us to do on the regular so let us know what you think tell me that i won tell me that trent lost <laughs> i mean friggin austin on your playlist yes this is austin <laughs> All right, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? All right. So the little sports world is talking about it, but I got to put my, my, my two cents in here. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about Tom Brady. That's what I'm going to do. And that video, after he ended Drew Brees' career, the video of him on the fields with Drew Brees after the game, they're in their, you know, civilian clothes. They're hugging it out. They're chatting it up. It was one of the most unbelievable videos I've ever seen. I'm assuming both of you guys have seen this video. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tossed and dimes to Drew Brees. So, son. And that was, that's exactly, like, the best throw of the night was <laughs> that throw. Because, I mean, Brady did enough to win. Brees looked terrible. But neither of them were great that night. But that was the best throw on that field. He was mid-conversation with Drew, barely paying attention to the kids running a spectacular route, I must say. And, like, just out of reach of the coverage. Just, like, absolutely. I mean, this kid's – I don't know how old this kid is. But to put the ball – to for him to make as good of a catch he did, yeah, it has to be, like, put in the exact perfect spot. And Brady did it without trying. It's one of the best passes I've ever seen in my entire life. And it makes me think, just because of that pass, that Tom Brady is going to win a seventh Super Bowl this year. That's how I feel. Yeah, it, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. He's winning a seventh Super Bowl. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, it's, it's over. Jordan, what do you got for people on the Bell app? 
Well, I'm certainly glad that that Tommy Touchdown is playing this weekend. Gives you something to look forward to because, uh, as you guys know, with the broken clavicle, I am out of commission. Guys, I'm getting a little antsy. Getting a little antsy for a run. I mean, I, I don't think I've said that in a long time, but now it's been two, three weeks. So I'm going to go down. I'm going to crush some calcium. I'm going to crush some vitamin D. I'm going to let these bones heal up nice and strong. Uh, and then maybe one day I'll get a few runs in. We'll get ready for the Irish Clover. Um, but uh, until then, I, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Weird feeling just like kind of wanting to go for a run. I'm going to give a, guy, a shout out to our guy, Harrison Smith, who had just let us know that he is flying out to run the Irish Clover in person. It's going to be a fun weekend. So if you're in the area, join up at, at uh, Owen and Ollie's. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for it. Other than that, boys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie.